You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Fully Occupied podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Today's episode, we have Ian Milne. Ian is the Senior Vice President of Business Development for eCensus. eCensus has been around for 17 years, but they are on the forefront of PropTech technology. Uh, they provide a platform that uh, digitizes the workplace for flex operators and landlords. Uh, essentially, what they do is tie into building systems or create their own environments uh, so that tenants <clears throat> can seamlessly interact uh, with their building, uh, especially in this evolving uh, landscape of flexible work. Uh, Ian has a background in commercial real estate, uh, so he knows this space inside and out, and they work with some of the foremost owners and flex operators uh, in the world. It's a great conversation uh, specifically around how companies today are looking at enabling digital workplaces. Enjoy. Ian, welcome to the Fully Occupied Show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I know that we've got some mutual uh, contacts through previous episodes, and um, it's, yeah. good to fi- it's good to finally connect here. Um, awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. my name's Ian uh, Milne, I'm Senior Vice President of uh, Business Development for Essensis. I'm lucky enough to be uh, in, uh, based out of New York in your wonderful country. I've uh, been here for the last five years. I've been with the census for the last seven. Um, prior to that, I had my own um, real estate uh, business. Uh, and prior to that, I worked in a big sort of large multinational uh, telecommunications. So um, a bit of a varied a varied career in life, but sort of always intertwined with uh, property and um, and technology. Cool. Well, um, so what, what drew you to a census? You've been there for a decent amount of time now um were they were they just getting started when you when you joined the company or yeah, we've actually been um in business since 2006 so in our 17th right. year which is pretty cool for a a, a prop tech business to have that sort of long-standing history um and it was uh created an opportunity i read a article in a major publication with our ceo mark Furness talking about sort of it was a the up-and-coming businesses in the uk and uh, I found a, found an opportunity to with uh, with some headhunters recruiters to, to to get involved and yeah as I say it's been a, it's been an amazing journey over the last seven years and um, yeah delighted to tell you a little bit more about, about a census when 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 needed yeah let's do that now um, I think uh, there's there, there's just so so many solutions I guess that kind of float around the prop tech space that yeah. either um, are are sold directly to companies that use them as you know you know kind of what we do is more of like a workflow software platform but then there's a lot of enablement type of technology out there which sounds like that's kind of more um towards the the tenor of what you guys do but it would be great to hear just kind of what the company does who your customers are what the value prop is etc sure um this is where i get sort of told off by uh my global uh marketing department for not uh keeping to the company line, but uh, I've been there for seven years, so I think, I think I'm allowed. So um, I think that the easiest place for us to start is we are the leading 
um, provider of software and technology for flexible, uh, digitally enabled buildings, spaces, and portfolios. Uh, we provide our customers with a powerful platform that, excuse me, that simplifies and automates the delivery, uh, operations, and management of flexible um, real estate. And we designed it to um, develop and help solve the really quite highly complex operational tasks that originally faced by landlords and flexible workspaces providers as they want to scale. So our platform connects, uh, controls, uh, automates the provisioning and delivery of digital services such as uh, enterprise-grade Wi-Fi, access control, uh, room booking, seamless connectivity across uh, the portfolio, uh, and of course, building-wide. And it really helps our customers to deliver a simple, secure, and scalable proposition that allows them to respond to the changing occupier demands, which I guess provide, um, which help provide these seamless uh, occupier experiences. And Census has been a, a really incredible environment to work. We were founded in 2006, as I noted earlier. We're listed in the A market, the London Stock Exchange, and we are active in uh, the UK, Europe, APAC, and of course, North, North America, where I sit in uh, New York. Cool. Um... Are you are you pure software or is there like a physical component of 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 the platform? Uh, do you have to plug into anything like physically into into the buildings in which you're well, deployed? So we use uh, only use enterprise grade uh, hardware. So we understand the, the, the need for for the enterprise environment and how that trickles down. But you know the software essentially layers over the top. But uh, you know, as long as we're using the latest and greatest uh, access points and the switch switch environments within the building, the switch stack, then yeah, we can pretty much control what we need to. Cool. So um, describe the different use cases of your customers. It sounds like this could be something that is is used by not only the flex workspace providers, but also corporate occupiers that might have multiple locations um, and then landlords who might be looking to provide a direct um, flexible kind of product to to tenants is am I walking down the right path there? Yeah, most most mostly. So our business obviously started in the world of um, exec suites, as we know them here, or serviced offices, you know, uh, elsewhere. But these sort of preformed fabricated suites, um, uh, and we've developed our business over over the years. Um, you know, picking up sort of large, um, you know, multi-site operators, as you would call them. Industrious, as an example, is one of our customers, um, and over over the period of time as the rise of flex has come into the marketplace that's obviously been picked up by some of the larger um, landlords um, so Tishman Speyer for example is one of our customers I'm sitting in a, in a studio space which is their studio product that they developed in 2018 um, and that sort of evolved our journey to enable us to really go from you know the ability from a co-working space to some exec suites to some spec suites um, turnkey however you want to prefabricated suites as we might call them all the way through to conference centers, to you know, amenity plays, and the ability for users to really travel from their floor um, to a breakout room, to a, to a lobby, to an amenity, and stay and stay connected. And how has the? I mean, obviously, we saw the meteoric rise of WeWork, and they were very kind of notorious for building their own internal systems and stuff like that. Um, but then, obviously, after the pandemic. Um, and, and just generally some level of kind of, uh, change in the way that corporate occupiers are using space. Like how has 
the the current environment like Im- impacted um like the decision makers uh in the sense of is is this something that they're now looking at as like a must have for their for their spaces whether they're the flex operator or the tenant or the or the landlord yeah good, good question i think it's it comes back to not to use the overword the flexibility but the flexibility is key um i think it's a really exciting time for the market uh, changing uh, the market dynamics and, as you mentioned, the influence of the pandemic maybe on the working habits. Um, and really the, the, the reassessment of real estate strategies are causing a rise in these sort of flexible workspaces. And I think something like 43% of corporate decision makers are saying that they, they are planning to um, uh, accelerate the investment into flexible workspaces over the next three years. So um, there's really been this big shift from landlord to tenant power and we're sort of ushering this new world of proactive landlords. I think occupiers at the same time are looking to landlords to provide the flexibility and services that they need to manage their expectations of their employees and um, the landlords then need to deploy a range of services whilst creating this sort of seamless and effortless experience for the yeah. tenant. So I think that's, that's relatively important. Yeah, we touched on that topic with our friend Brandon from um... You know, Brandon Madero, so a few episodes back, and obviously they're on the consulting side talking to major owners about how they could actually start to respond to this new kind of type of demand. Because to right. your point, the corporate occupiers are saying, look, we're not going to sign the 10-year lease with you know, everything within our own box. What could you do to provide us some sort of flexibility so that as we evolve our workplace strategy, um, you know, we can be a little bit more plug and play with how we use space. Yeah, Really good example. Um, I'm sure you're aware of the spiral in Hudson Yards. It's in the, the latest and greatest new Tishman building. Um, HSBC were due to take uh, you know half a million uh, square feet on a 20 year lease, and during the pandemic, they you know at the time they reduced that by 50 percent, and lots of competition from other landlords. But Tishman were really really competitive and secure that 250,000 square feet on a 20 year lease only because they had the studio product that they developed in 2018 that provided them the flexibility, provided them the swing space that they needed, provided the optionality for their users as they travel around North America and globally to really uh, tap into tap into the resource. So I think it's incredibly important for uh, landlords to sort of um, take the time to really continue their, their, their strategy investment into, into, into the world of flex. Yeah, especially for those multi-location, or obviously those global landlords that have um, uh, portfolios that, that are all over the place. So from HSBC's perspective, as an example, um, user, they're able to obviously, you know, access their space that they've leased directly from a landlord, but then they have an interface where, you know, they can... Um, use the amenities of the building, they could use the studio space uh, from a flex work perspective. So as a employee, I always know that, hey, if I'm not going to my desk, I still have some options for how I actually work today, whether I'm working from home or, or I'm on the road. Yeah, and th- these options are, are great, like spending X million, tens of million dollars on building out amenities, all fantastic, but none of it really works unless you have the technology behind it. Myself as a user on the 40th floor, um, you know, I want to be in my, you know, my corporate environment, but then I want to go down and use um, a boardroom on the on this twentieth floor. Right? I want to go and use the gym or a cafeteria or breakout or, or it's it's a, it, the technology behind it and that seamless connectivity is really what a census provides. But 
you know, that's a really driving force of, I think, of a lot of real estate decisions. It's, it's not really just about the floor that you sit on, it's your interaction with the rest of the building. And importantly, the, the campus effect, as we call it, you know, go from one building to the other and retain, retain your sort of your, your security and your reliability of where you work. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how are, have you seen different trends between urban um, and suburban uh, use cases for this? Yeah, I, well, I hate to use the, the the pandemic, but it has sort of the, has driven a lot of change in our in our industries. I'm sure you're aware, Matt. But um, it's really allowed us to work anywhere. Um, I think something interesting, like the youngest millennial, I think is like 27, um, so a year older than me, jokingly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, but you know, as they're being pulled back to the suburbs for um, better schools for the kids, a backyard, a you know, a quiet workspace with a less taxing commute, it really starts to look more appealing um, than the corner of a den with a crying baby. So I think as the the, the population ages, I think that there'll be a even further drive for the tenants. You know, suburban co-working, as we've seen in our business, or uh, is, is really continuing to thrive as evidenced by a number of our customers. But personally, you know, sitting in New York and in Manhattan, um, unless you don't count out the, the, the cities or the CBEs, I think cities still have so much to offer that the younger generations are still flocking here, as you'll see here, but certainly the rise of, of flexible spaces in, in the suburban environment has, has, a, has had a dramatic increase when typically they were more focused in the, um, in the, in the central business districts. Yeah. Um, and then like the, the, the typical flex option in the suburbs was always your Regis workspace, which, right. um, you know, is obviously is a stark uh, comparison to a studio build out or a mm -hmm. WeWork space. So is it safe to say that, um, there's, there's a, uh, there's now obviously more flexible and co-working spaces in the suburbs, but they're also better. Yes, absolutely. The, the, the products have dramatically improved and, uh, you know, we can talk at length about WeWork, but you know, they had, they've absolutely had a place in the market in terms of what they what, what they did and what they tried to deliver. And um, you know, you'll find even people like our, some of our largest customers, like Industrious, are now seeking out sort of you know residential opportunities with Avalon. And uh, there's there's a real sh shift in the marketplace of where you know even some of these you know repurpose of retail spaces in 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 high streets. You know, it's 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 really happening because. Uh, there is the demand is, is is really increasing for that. It's hybrid working to a, to a to a degree, right? It's... Yeah, I mean, my my biggest beef about this whole um, phenomenon is that like it's it's to some degree it's been happening forever, right? Hybrid working, people have traveled for work, they've worked from home. Obviously, the pandemic has kind of you know ex ex has exploded that phenomenon. So now the employee has a little bit more, if not a lot more, um, power with how they work on a daily basis. So the employers, forget about real estate, just the, the employer experience is now more accommodating to just innumerable numbers of ways of working. Um, so I don't see this slowing down in terms of the, the need for flexibility. Now, obviously, with corporate layoffs happening and more big name companies demanding people to come back to the office. Sure you know, that could potentially have an impact on, you know, remote work. But at, at the same time, like the nature of these office buildings is changing as well. So they need to be tech enabled in order to handle, you know, a, a not uh, like a non-regular, like influx of people on, on a weekly basis. Yeah, t totally agree. And 
Um, I think if we look at sort of how is you know, technology improving the experience for the landlords and, uh, and, and their occupiers um, and the employees of, of that space, there's, there's always been this misconception that Class A buildings with better connectivity are leading the charge. And, and recent research from Moody's will, will absolutely show you, show, show you that. You know, Class A buildings leasing is, is, is pretty high. There's always been this sort of, and it kind of grates me to a degree, but there's always been this expectation that you need to conduct this really expensive retrofit in order to bring a Class B or C-plus building or, or a building in the suburbs up to up to the standard to, to, to get that leasing velocity. And unless you need to make major changes, structural changes or major changes to something like HVAC, for example, investing in the right digital infrastructure and delivery of a private cloud software solution like ours can really be a cost-effective solution to realizing the potential of an asset. And, you know, it comes back to what I mentioned earlier, that we're not really focusing on this sort of the amenity play. It, uh, occupiers and the employees are looking for um, the technologies that can really provide them with that seamless and consistent digital experience. Mm -hmm. It be from you connecting as soon as you're outside the building from the curb going all the way to the suite, utilizing your cell phone to book, to pay, to open doors. And, and this is all having this sort of significant uh, impact on, on the tenant experience and why it's driving people back to the office in a, to a degree. Yeah, it brings me back to my days of trying to lease out suburban office parks in Boston. <laughs> and um, it never would have even dawned on my clients as landlords to market their buildings as just open and technology enabled. Each tenant had their own um, their own like a data closet in their in their space. They each had their own um, access control system in their space. Um, I don't even think Wi-Fi, I mean, I'm dating myself, but this was back in like the <laughs> mid 2000s, 2010s, like, you know, Wi-Fi wasn't even something that was even asked for. Now it's like, if, I, if I'm automatically connected to Wi-Fi when I walk into a building, like, you're just like, who who owns this place? Why why, why don't I have my Wi-Fi ready? So the private network is, is huge because you could enable that throughout a building um, whether whether you're trying to lease out vacant space or just do it for an existing tenant. And it, I guess what you're saying is you don't necessarily need to go build like the high-end fitness center and have the cafeteria and all those amenities because you know what? They're probably really only utilized like less than 50% of the time. Why don't you just make life easier for people? And that will be a much more compelling selling point because if I'm walking through with, if, if I'm a head of uh, corporate real estate and I'm walking through a suburban office park, I might think like, okay, cool. Like there's food everywhere for people to go get lunch, but I want to know that my people have an easy time when they decide to come here. Exactly. Or as, a, as an occupier, when, when they go for lunch to make sure that they're still in a secure, reliable environment, you know, the, 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 the landscape has, abs has absolutely changed. Um, and it's yeah, very exciting for people like ourselves and other technology companies to be on the forefront, forefront of that. So what are your predictions for FlexSpace over the next, you know, call it five years? Um, it's a interesting question. Um, clearly, there's going to be growth. Um, uh, I think, especially with landlords looking to do more flex, and that's not typically co-working. I think what we're really talking around now is sort of spec suites and um, uh, turnkey, turnkey suites is where the, really, the, the large growth is. Um, 
it's obviously going to be more tech driven as they move away from um, manual processes to automation. And I think we'll see some really dominant players emerging as global brands. I think there'll be some consolidation. Um, I think there's going to be a considerable lease role in the next few years. So it's going to require a big reevaluation and we'll see continue to see the big demand of agile suites. And I think the desire for, you know, white box space with long build outs will be diminished. Those agile suites, Matt, you know, can earn a 20 to 30% premium um, uh, if they are pre-enabled with furniture and technology or add $3 to $8 per square foot when technology is included. Um, and if you look at things like uh, the, the time to value and the leasing process for them, you might typically have to wait 60 to 90 days to get connectivity. So really impossible for that new tenant to, to work despite their new, newly fabricated suite being ready. So um, I really think uh, it's impossible to do without technology. And I think um, the predictions uh, over the next few years are largely going to be growth, but a, a greater adoption in automation and, and the technology that's available. Yeah, it's interesting because it, not to reference my old broker days again, but we used to have such a hard time convincing landlords to pre-build a suite as a way to attract a tenant. Um, but the way we thought about it was it was really just more of like a TI cost to the to the properties. Like, well, that's going to cost us money and then we're going to have to get that back from the tenant and rent. And who knows, maybe they won't like the configuration or the furniture or the whatever. But I think people don't care about that anymore. They're like, oh, there's a suite that I could plug into today after I sign this agreement yeah. and I can walk in and have Wi-Fi, have access control. Instantly, yeah. Instantly. Yeah, um, I think that's, it's, 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 it's so important. Um, uh, and to, yeah, to be able to deliver that is, is, is a key sort of strategy strategy of ours. Um, it's the ability that you could be doing a tour of a space and within five minutes you're sitting, working in your own secure VLAN, connected to your own corporate environment, ability to, you know, utilize uh, additional parts of the asset. So, you know, you have your space, but typically, and you'll know, Matt, in your old broker days, you'd have this a law firm would have this office, they'd have meeting rooms and how can those meetings be utilized? Well, that space can be given back to the employees. Those meeting rooms can be filtered elsewhere in the business and they can be driven across driven across the asset and the and the tenant. So um, but of course you still retain your own corporate environment when you're moving it around those. And I think that that's just that's definitely the the, the key and play for the, the landlords and, and the tenants as we as we look later into twenty twenty three. Cool. A lot of change to come. Yeah. All right. Let's hit some, let's hit some rapid fire questions here. Yeah. I've got some good ones for you. Okay. Um, how do you like your eggs cooked? Oh, good question. Um, in front of me, can I say that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything, Anything Table really. side. Table side. Yeah. I love my eggs. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll take them anyway. <laughs> um, what's your favorite holiday? Oh, dude, I think, uh, being in New York, and you'll know being in Boston, uh, the winters are pretty tough. I didn't grow up here, so uh, that, anything that pushes me towards uh, towards the sun, I think. And, and cool. a beach, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the great thing about living in cold weather climates is that you could get out of them, from, you know, <laughs> from time to time and get to the beach. I would say it's, uh, it's uh, always great leaving New York because it's always, it is always great leaving New York, but it's, it gets quite exciting to come back with a, with a little tan and to show off. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, question three. Um, okay. if, if you could be doing anything right now um, with like a day off from work, what would it be? 
Um, eating eggs on the beach? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably playing uh, some kind of championship golf course pretty terribly. Um, hacking it up. That's my hacking it up. Yeah, that's that's my kind of love coming to America. You've got some beautiful uh, places to play some golf. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I I would probably be right there with you. Uh, terribly ruining the experience, yeah. getting frustrated. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what's one thing that you're looking forward to in 2023? We're we're almost a month into the year already. Yeah. Um, good question. Um, not to really focus too much back on my business, what I do, but, you know, we've been in the business for 17 years. I think we're quite, um, uh, we have a, a really important place in the marketplace. And uh, we've obviously been listening to our customers, um, continually innovating, developing, and um, we've released, recently released a new platform, which I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the fruits of fruits of our labor and seeing how that, that progresses. Of course, just, just want to find some speed and efficiency um, in terms of landlords making the decisions a little bit quicker. But yes, uh, you know th that's what I'm really looking forward to in, in 2023, the adoption of Flex and long may it continue. Yeah, it sounds like there's good forces um, uh, that will be working in your favor. Um, so this is our standard final question. Who, who else do you think we should come, come on the show? Do, do you have any other guests in mind, maybe one or two people? Yeah, sure. Um, I was Brandon, but you've already spoken to Brandon. Um, uh, the first one I think um, would be good for you guys would be a gentleman called Michael Paraciello. He's a senior director of Tishman Speyer. He was one of the key uh, founding partners of Studio. I think it's just really interesting for a very traditional landlord um, to be able to provide the sort of in innovation and entrepreneurial spirit in terms of building a a flex product um, and you can talk maybe in another podcast about the difficulties of money and tax and leasing and REITs in terms of when you have flexible products and you know they navigated it incredibly well I think it'd be very interesting for your audience um, another um, uh, let's say two more if I'm, if I'm allowed just to give you some keep them coming keep, keep the podcast going is Annie Rinker she's a senior director of Heinz um, she's 15 plus years in, in the flex world and she's brought it to Heinz to really help develop their flex strategy. So again, an, an, another nice play. And, and the final is a gentleman called Bill Bennett. He, he's an owner operator um, of an of a, of a, of a executive suite co-working business called Expansive. And um, they're on quite a fast uh, paced trajectory and they've got a slightly different model from management agreements, lease models, they actually go and try and buy their buildings and, and reevaluate re them. So I think it would be very interesting for you and some good contacts for you to have in in, in your black book. And um, yeah, any of those three would be uh, would be uh, would be great guests. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that, Ian. It's been great having you on the show. Um, if our um, listeners wanted to uh, get in touch with you or the in a census, how would they, how would they do that? Yeah, uh, census.tech um, is our uh, is our website e w s e n s y s dot tech um, and yeah you can find me on LinkedIn and yeah delighted to uh, introduce you to whoever we need to in our business and uh, help you on whatever journey. I think the great thing for us is you know we're not sort of new startup business. Uh, we're not this sort of new tech business that the cloud that sort of clouds clouding the marketplace. We have been doing what we have been doing for seventeen plus years. We do have people in our business that have run you know, large multi-site multi, multi -site operating firms, so people from real estate. So we do have this wealth of wealth of experience and, and consultancy which we can bring. So always, always happy to have those conversations.
Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Ian. Awesome. You take care, Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.